Welcome into the WCIA 3-in-1 pod. I'm Andy Olson. He's Brett Behrens. We're breaking down quite a fun game from earlier today on Saturday. Illinois getting the, I don't know if we can call it an upset. I guess technically we can since uh, Wisconsin was favored in this one. 34-10, a dominating win for the Illini on the road. It's their first win in Madison since 2002. It's been 20 years. And, of course, you've heard the storylines. You have saw the headlines. Brett Bielema's first game back in Madison as an opposing coach since he left there to go to Arkansas a decade ago. He comes out a winner in this one. I'm back here in Champaign. Brett was out there at the game in Camp Randall. So, Brett, we'll start with you first. I mean, what was the atmosphere and what what was your – what kind of sense did you get about the emotion in this one? Because from what I saw on TV and from what I saw the players say, they knew this one was a big deal for Coach Bielema. Yeah, I think they did. And – Bielema tried to downplay that all week that it wasn't about him. And ultimately it's not because, you know, the players are out there playing, not Brett. But I do think that this one meant more. And I do feel like that the players, you know, got a sense of that. Now, these guys weren't even, you know, born. <laughs> They're small. You know, last time in a little bit here. I do think it is about the program, though. But, uh, oh. This is a big moment, and it's a big game. Brett said that after the game, that, yeah, you have to win these types of games if you're going to take positive steps to build build a program and be where they want to be, and that's what they did today. And so I think it's huge. I mean, we talked on the pregame show, Andy, with Jeremy Warner just about, yes, Penn State was the coming out party last year. I think Minnesota solidified, hey, that this team is for real and making positive steps. But for me, like a, a game like this against the Big Ten West opponents, you can say rival, but not 50. Like these, these are the ones just as much as Penn State or, or Minnesota, even if it's not a ranked Wisconsin team, because you did something that historic 20 years and owned Illinois. And now they come out and get to have bragging rights and they do it in Madison, which is that much more. And the fact that in Bielema's return, he goes out and puts on a clinic. Um, you know, pretty incredible when you look back on it. And I wasn't really sure how the Wisconsin fans would welcome Bielema. There were a few boos when he was announced, but, like, it wasn't terrible. The fans were booing the product on the field for the Padgers in the third and fourth quarter. I mean, it's pretty incredible stuff when you look back on it today. Yeah, all right. Well, let's start breaking this one down, Brad. It, it didn't look like it was going to go well early in this one as Wisconsin on their script drive goes right down the field. Graham Mertz looks like the Illini killer once again after having two really successful games against the Illini in his past two outings. But then you see him play your Ohio State, your Iowa's, and then he looks normal. So Illinois fans wondering what's going on with him. Illinois able to respond pretty quickly after punting the ball back. Uh, the interception by Kendall Smith off the great coverage by Devin Witherspoon set them up in really good territory. Then Tommy DeVito, after a really chaotic end of that drive right at the goal line, able to punch it in uh, from the one-inch line, as I think Brett Bielema was calling it. Uh, and, you know, the three-inch line. The three-inch line, sorry. Uh, there the, you go. The three inches matter a lot there. Uh, 
And so, you know, Illinois got out on the right foot and really just throughout this game were looking like Brett Bielema's Wisconsin teams. And you can see how through even just in year two, you can start to see that footprint of Bielema football really imprint in this team. And they were able to come back from that 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 early deficit pretty handedly. Yeah, I thought Illinois out Wisconsin, Wisconsin. I mean, it, it was essentially what you said, that this is how Brett Bielema wants to win. And I didn't expect Illinois to put up 31, 34 points today. That's for sure. But there was a sense of, I want to say, panic. It wasn't that. But Wisconsin certainly had the momentum coming out, scoring in the first five minutes. and put, you know, the emphasis back on Illinois and the Illini were able to respond because of the turnovers. They get two first half interceptions. I thought that was ginormous. If they don't do that, I I just don't feel like um, that they're, you know, maybe I don't say winning this game. I think they were the better team today, but like you can sense Graham Mertz's confidence on the field, just leaving him (laughs) and you know, he has been that Illini killer through the years. You know, flashbacks to 2020 when he absolutely tore up Illinois and then was very average after that. And Illinois made him very average today, put pressure on him, uh, you know, made him pass the ball and, into coverage. And and I thought it was a great response, too, from the Illinois secondary, which did not have a great start no. until those exceptions. And, and they were able to respond and – I feel like that's a credit to them and how they've evolved because in years past, Andy, they would have just allowed that to continue. And for whatever reason, and probably just because they have the confidence in the players now and they're in the right position for what Ryan Walters is able to do, they're resilient. And that has to be refreshing for Illini fans to see at this point. And, and they're building an identity in that. I'm very, very impressed with what they were able to do and bounce back after that slow start. Yeah, and that first touchdown, too, seemed to be a bit of a miscommunication for the Illini. Calvin Hart coming over from his middle linebacker spot to be in pass coverage on the outside. They went and attacked that uh, before anything could get set. Uh, But incredible bounce back, like you said. Illinois ending up with five sacks in this one. Two interceptions after the... Kendall Smith won. Taz Nicholson also picked off Graham Mertz in the first half. A lot of pass breakups in this one. Witherspoon had two of them. One, of course, led to that Smith interception. Quan Martin with seven tackles on the day, leading the way. Uh, Catching up with Randolph and Newton, who you don't usually expect your uh, defensive tackles to lead the team in in tackles uh, on the year, but uh, they put up some good numbers once again today. Uh, of course, the stat that is going around, uh, just how well Illinois was able to defend the run game. If you told me coming into this game that Illinois would hold Wisconsin to two yards rushing, and if you haven't heard that stat, yes, you heard me right, two yards for the entire game. Now, some of that is the lost yardage from uh, the sacks that Illinois accumulated, but even if you take those away, not a lot going on in the run game. It just an incredible performance, Brett, from that that front seven and even the secondary coming in there. And, and they're really the reason why the Alana were able to get home on a lot of those sacks was Mertz didn't have a lot to throw to. Um, and, and just I keep going back to the two yards rushing. That's 
an insane stat to have in, in 2022 against modern offenses, I feel like. And if you would have told me that for the game, Andy, I would have told you that Illinois was winning the game. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. What we had talked about all along is that it was going to be a battle of very similar styles here that want to run the ball. And Chase Brown proved today that he's a better back than Braylon Allen. And I think that is significant for, you know, what this team has been able to do. And, um, you know, the next steps for them, that they can win a game on the road, that they can, you know, be that team that is better than the team that has set the standard. You know, uh, those are the types of, of big time improvements that uh, you got to take when you're building a program and, and chase Allen or chase Brown. Dominant force. That was even near him. He burst through the line of scrimmage. And he was gone, and he waved the crowd, and I loved it. Uh, they, he has the confidence that he's the nation's top back because he continues to be. And, uh, you know, you, you just got to keep feeding him because it, it's really remarkable what he's doing right now on the field. Yeah, still as of now, leading the nation in rushing. He's up to 733 yards on the year. And uh, he keeps uh, getting closer to that mark last year. Through 12 games, he had 1,006 yards in 2021. I imagine he's going to break that mark, and we'll see how far he can go. I want to talk about the passing game in this one as well, because even though Tommy DeVito, the difference in this one with three rushing touchdowns in the game, all of them coming from the one-yard line, uh, which, by the way, I feel like shows an, an improvement in the play calling from Barry Lunny Jr., I think we saw in Indiana when Chase Brown was also getting stuffed at the goal line a, a bit and nothing much going on. And, and Brown had some difficulties early on in this game before, like you said, going for that 49-yard run. Uh, they just kept going back to them. And then today, it felt like Lunny had made that evolution of, let's just get in there any way that we can. And it had come down to, well, the easiest way is to just push in from the one-yard line with Tommy DeVito taking it under center. Tommy touchdown said he's never had three touchdowns in a game. But I really feel great about just, you know, running from one. Uh, and certainly his game is what he's best at. Like you would have a McCray do that. So if you can have Tommy in there and he can run it in, then it's, it's simple. And I think that also shows the growth of the interior offensive line there as well, that they're trusting them more. And I think that's a positive step for the team as well in that facet. Besides just the running game for, for Tommy, uh, really good day. Just being a QB in a, in a field general in the backfield, only five different guys with receptions for the Illini. But the guys that were making catches, to me, were really impressive. Brian Hightower showing that he can fulfill some of that role that – you know, so many people were looking forward to when he got to campus. Pat Bryant, again, coming off that breakout game against Chattanooga, having a good game. Uh, Hightower had five catches. Bryant had four, each of them over 50 yards in the game. Uh, and then DeVito, no turnovers. He didn't have any uh, passing touchdowns. He didn't need to when he was just running the ball in from the one-yard line. But I think the no turnovers was big because against their other power five opponents, turnovers were the big issue for this Illinois offense and the way that Tommy was able to command that offense today was really impressive to me and a very big step forward for this Illinois team as they get into now the midst 
of uh, this Big Ten West schedule coming up. No doubt about it. And the other big thing that stood out to me, Andy, along with the turnovers, is that they were 5-5 five of five in the red zone. And that's something that they had struggled with as well earlier on, putting more points on the board. We talked about a game like Chattanooga where they should have won by a whole lot more than they did. Uh, even Virginia felt like they left points on the board. And then certainly Indiana where, you know, if, if they're able to convert more in the red zone there and not have as many field goals, they're winning that game. And, and turnovers are right there hand in hand with that. But to me, that was one of the biggest things that I'll take away from this game is that they were able to put points on the board when they got opportunities. And, yeah, there were some field goals in there, but that's okay. You're going to have that, especially in the Big Ten. And now they're converting on those against uh, legit defenses, and, and that's a big step. Taking advantage of those takeaways that their defense had is, is so big because all of their points in the first half had come off of those interceptions by Smith and Nicholson. So if you don't convert on those, then you're looking at a completely different first half. And like you said, Illinois played better on the day, but they certainly had the momentum going into halftime. And then that first drive coming out of half as well, that 10-play, 70-yard-plus drive where, you know, you're not going to script that first, second-half drive as much as you do the beginning of a game coming into it, but you certainly have some plays ready to be called. And I think Barry Lunny absolutely nailed it. And again, a really important evolution, I feel like, in his game where Illinois can come out of halftime and be even better than they were in that first half when they have that momentum. Yeah, and that's where I felt it flip, Andy, where I was like, okay, it's 14, um, 10 at half, right? And yeah. so, it, you know, they come out and go up 21-10, and there was some life out of that place at that point. And like, whoa, that was a big-time uh, way to come out of halftime because, I don't know, for me, just being on the field like that, I got the sense that, okay, Illinois is going to win this game. Even, even then, um, I didn't think it was going to be 34 points for Illinois and, and be that big of a margin. But, like, you know, that to me was when I went, okay, Illinois is going to win this game. If, if they can successfully put together a drive like that, then they're the better team, and they were. And Wisconsin shooting themselves in the foot, too, because immediately on the kickoff to follow, you get the fumble, and then Michael Marquise comes up with it. You only get the field goal out of it, but once again, Illinois playing a clean game was truly the difference in this one. Yeah, it was, and now it's all about how they can build off of that and continue to grow and, and take what happened today in Madison and, and put that into the next two games before another bye week, and these are going to be the defining games in my eyes where you look at it and go, okay, if you can beat an Iowa or you can beat a Minnesota, let's just take one out of the two, both teams that lost today, by the way, then I think you're in a great position um, to put yourself in a, in a potential special type season here where the bar is pretty low overall for Illinois in a special season. I mean, seven wins hasn't happened since 2011. And so it's like, Okay, if that's the bar of special, then Illinois is certainly in contention of that. If you can go out and beat both Iowa and Minnesota, now you can, I think, feasibly talk eight wins. I don't think that's out of the question. And, and that's a pretty significant step uh, for where this team was and, and uh, certainly where they're going because Brett Bielema made a couple of recruiting pitches in the postgame <laughs> as well today, and, and that was by design. He wants to continue to build upon this success in recruiting because he knows that he needs more players.
I'm glad you talk, you, you brought up the holistic view of this season because that's where I want to go with this. The question last week was, who's the second best team in the Big Ten? Because at that point, Minnesota seemed to be the far and away best team. They were 4-0. Today, the Gophers lose to Purdue. And, Brett, I ask you, who's the best team in the Big, in the Big Ten West now? Man, that's tough. I, it's not good. I mean, no. <laughs> look at look at the West as a whole. Like, yeah. Is it really that good? I would have to think Minnesota is going to fall back out of the rankings now. Uh, you know, what does that leave? Iowa's not in the ranking. Like, I think there's no there, there's, ranked teams. Uh, I think come tomorrow, there's not going to be any ranked teams in here. I think that's a testament to maybe how mediocre the West is. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't feel great about Iowa. Uh, they scored today. Is that that's like a success, right? The a little, fact that they some, got in the end zone. Some garbage time scoring, but yes, they okay. they did find the end zone. I mean, Michigan controlled that game. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I give me two more weeks, Andy, and then okay. I think I can answer that uh, with these teams playing. Uh, Purdue has got to be somewhat up there. I I don't know what what do you make of what that best team is right now. I would still say Minnesota, but is it weird to talk about how Illinois has an outside like argument about being one of, if not the best team in the Big Ten West? Imagine telling yourself that at the beginning of the season, but on the field, Illinois has shown if they can, so far and they can prove it once again in these coming weeks against Iowa and Minnesota. They can be the best team in the Big Ten West. And I would say they're not as long of a shot to possibly play in Indianapolis as they were at the beginning. Now, a lot has to happen, but the fact that we're like creeping up on that possibility seemed like such an impossibility a mere five weeks ago. Right, and that's why I said, like, give me two more weeks, Mm -hmm. and I think we'll really have a better idea of of where that's at. And if Illinois somehow is able to win all three of these games i don't think that will happen but if if they are then i think you can absolutely sit here and have this conversation about okay that's not out of the realm of possibility and i think that would be something very appropriate in that sense um you know if illinois had beaten indiana then i'd probably have them right up there with minnesota but i i still need to see a little bit more i think uh, against proven teams to get me to that point the Iowa matchup is going to be so much fun, I feel like, next weekend. Uh, Illinois is, is pleading with fans to come out to that one to make it a sellout. Uh, it really should be a good one. I do want to mention uh, this too, Brett. Uh, so Kansas won today. Kansas is up to 5-0. and They were, I believe, 26th. They were the first team out of the AP Top 25 this past week. Uh, certainly, they're going to make it into the Top 25 this week. That means Illinois is going to be the Power 5 team with the longest top 25 drought now with Kansas moving into the top 25. Uh, It's been a bit. I believe 2015 was the last time that they were ranked. Uh, Is Illinois going to receive votes this week? They're certainly not going to be ranked, but will will maybe one or two voters have a 25, 24? They can get one or two votes. I'm going to say no. Beat Iowa and yes, beat Minnesota and you're ranked. Yeah, I, I think it's going to come down to that. I'd say they get close if they beat Iowa. I still think that the voters have this 
what's the opposite of prejudice? This, <laughs> this like you're 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 propping these teams up, even though they really haven't proved it this year, just because of what they are. Um, so I think that I will, if they beat them, would carry a lot of weight. Um, but that's certainly not a a title you want to have. The Power Five team with the longest top twenty five droughts, uh, but it could be broken uh, against a team that Illinois has not had a lot of success against. Uh, the Illini have not beaten the Hawkeyes since 2008. That's an eight-game losing streak against Iowa. What we've seen from the Hawkeyes, Brett, we talked about it a little bit, what they did today against Michigan, has not been impressive on the year. Their best game was against Nevada, who had lost a lot coming into this year, um, and it was played in the middle of a, a, a lightning storm over the span of like nine hours or something like that. <laughs> Uh, but man, this makes such an interesting matchup between these two defenses. Cause as much as Iowa's offense is really bad, the defense is pretty good. Yeah. And Michigan today showed that the defense is still vulnerable. I think that sets up well for Illinois to get that tape and see that, you know, now coming in, I think a lot of people are going to pick Illinois. What do you think the opening line is my, on Saturday? My guess is. I think it's going to be Illinois minus six is my guess. Oh, six? Because I think they give them. Three, I don't see that. Either. I think they give them three points for the, the for home field advantage, and then I think I think Illinois should be favored against Iowa on a neutral site, anyways. So I'm thinking think like it, three points for that, and that adds up to six. I think Illinois is going to be favored. I don't think it's going to be that much. I'll take Illinois minus. Two. You think that they would favor Iowa at a neutral site? Uh, yeah, I, I think even with the oh, three, um, uh, I'm gonna maybe even put it at three. Okay. So just if you want to put it as that, say like a pickup. Yeah. You know, if if they do get the three, so okay, I'll, I'll go with three. Okay. I can see that. Yeah, I mean the the opening is gonna be interesting, and then where it gets bet to is gonna be really interesting as well. Because this, this game against Wisconsin started at 10 and then came down to, I think it got to, you maybe could have gotten a six and a half somewhere, but I think it ended up around seven. Yeah. Um, so the the movement on that is going to be very interesting this week. Uh, and the total, what, what do we think the total is going to be? Two dominant defenses? I don't think it cracks 40, to be honest with you. No, I don't think so. I'm going to put it at like 34. Yeah. thirty Between 34 and 38. If you don't like that, you don't like Big Ten football, baby. Uh, that's what Bielema said. That's, that's right. right. All right. Well, Brett, let's uh, let's wrap this up now. Just kind of your your final thoughts uh, on this game as we put it to bed. What a really astounding game for the Illini where they take a huge step forward. Because those games last year, uh, they definitely took steps forward. Um, but I, I like the way that, that Jeremy put it on the pregame show is that, you know, some of those wins – not that they were fluky, they deserved those wins in like 2019 or in 2021. But this game all around felt like Illinois really deserved to to take that win, and and that's huge coming against a team like Wisconsin, where you have that history of Illinois not being on the same level as them. Yeah, and it's about raising that bar in the program, and uh, it's it is a program win, and certainly all the headlines, like we mentioned, are going to be about Bielema going back and winning, and that's fine. It, it is what it is. That's the very surface level significance of what today will be remembered as. But I will remember it as a whole lot more of just that next step program building uh, and, and what they were able to do. And 
and against a team that I don't think is all that great in Wisconsin. And certainly Badger fans are scratching their heads going, <laughs> what are we doing here? Uh, but you got to take advantage of a, a wounded duck, so to speak, when you have it. And Illinois was able to do that. And that's what good programs do. So certainly a gigantic step for Alina Nation today in, in how they're building this program. Is jump around fun? Yeah, it was. But I will say, like, the fans, the students, they were late arriving. It showed up, like, just in time for the halftime, third quarter, whatever. The game was getting out of, you know, say out of whack. I mean, Illinois was dominating at that point. So, like, it didn't have the same energy as it had in the times I've been here before. But it is cool. I mean, it's definitely a tradition, something that everyone takes part in and everyone's looking at. And that whole north end of Camp Randall is is students. And so, yeah, they're, they're jumping. That's for sure. I saw- it's not as long as it was before either. Sure. Like When I was here previously, it seemed like it lasted longer. They cut away to another song, and I was like, I don't know. They're trying to do too much. That's what I took it as. I think I saw some photos of like the before and after jump arounds, and the students really just cleared out after that. Oh, they they fled. They were gone after. Like, and right after, there was no – maybe Wisconsin makes a comeback. They were out of there very fast. Look, I, I can't blame them. It was pretty out of hand at that point, and it's a it's a fun tradition you want to stay for. But if you know the way the game was going, they were out of there after that. Well, it was quite the homecoming for Brett Bielema back in Madison, back at Camp Randall Stadium. Just happened to be on the other sideline this time. Illinois gets the win, thirty-four to ten. They improved to four and one. On the season, one and one in Big Ten play. That is uh, a tie atop the Big Ten West standings if you're looking at it now. No one undefeated in conference play anymore in the Big Ten West. Uh, so something to keep an eye on as we move forward. They have Iowa on Saturday. It is a primetime matchup, 630. Illinois hosting the Hawkeyes. Uh, they're calling it an orange out. So uh, we'll see, uh, hopefully, a packed house. Maybe 50, 50K plus, we think, Brad. Is that a possibility? Yeah, I was talking to Joey Wagner about that. I'm going to put it at 40 plus. Okay. I feel pretty secured in that. I don't know about 50. 50 would be a great number if they got that many people. I feel pretty confident that 40 plus will be there. And like legit 40 plus. You know, some of these games where the. <laughs> It's listed at 41 or something, and there's clearly not that many people at Memorial Stadium. Um, I think a legit 40-plus on Saturday night. Now, if they beat Iowa, you could see 50-plus against uh, Minnesota, I think. I guess depending on what time. 1,000%. Yeah, depending yeah. on what time. And that's an 11 a.m. game. Yeah. Yeah, so Minnesota's 11. Um, they haven't had a sellout since 2016 when a former Bears quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky, was – in Champaign with North Carolina. And that was the last sellout, Lovey's first year. And so, you know, you get to a Minnesota game, and I think the sellout is certainly something that could be in that realm of possibility. But I feel very good about 50-plus uh, if they can beat the Hawkeyes. You know they're tired of, of using that that overhead image from that game. They'd like a more updated image, yeah. I'm sure, to, to show a full exactly. Memorial Stadium. 
All right, it was a fun one today. Thanks so much for listening along. We got Brett Bielema's full postgame press conference on our website, WCIA.com. Brett did a great story from on the ground, their boots on the ground in Madison and at Camp Randall. We also have highlights on our website of the game. If you're a visual learner, just want to take it in, just maybe want to relive it one more time. That's all WCIA.com. So for Brett, I'm Andy. Thanks for listening along, and we will talk to you again tomorrow for the Sunday No Huddle, and then after next week's game against Iowa. Should be a fun one. We'll talk to you then.